Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. I remember uh, as a kid, uh, I took a personality profile test once and I was the uh, I was the squirrel. I like to be busy, but I also like to have fun, you know. And, and that was kind of my personality profile. And so, needless to say, even in sixth grade, uh, you know, in the '80s, I still liked toys. Those were like the last years I remember of playing with toys. And there were two big ones at the time, and I loved both of them. One was GI Joe. You know, you had the little plastic guys, and uh, those were one of my favorite. But then there was another one that was just incredible. It was Transformers. They had been, they had just been released, and then some guys tried to do GoBots, you know, like, what's that? Just a cheap knockoff, you know, they didn't make it, but Transformers stuck, and they really were cool. Like, it was amazing. You could have this car, you could have an airplane, one was a gun, semi, Optimus Prime. Some of you guys would know the names if I said them, others would be bored, so I won't. But, you know, they were quality cars, but then they would turn into robots, and I was just amazed. I was like, man, it is 1984, and technology has peaked. Like, nothing, nothing will ever top this. Like, there will n- be nothing invented in the next 40 years that, that compares to Transformers. But it was amazing. They go from one thing to something else. And Scripture is clear that God is working in us to transform us to be more like His Son. Now, there are all kinds of shows about transformation. If you turn on the TV and there will be somebody transforming a house from one thing to something else, or there will be somebody transforming an old car into something really cool. There are all kinds of shows about transformation because it's really incredible to see something go from one thing to something so much better. And that's what really being a follower of Christ is about, that being a Christian is about a transformation that changes us from who we are more into who God designed us and wants us to be. And that process starts when we repent and we commit our lives to living for God through, what he's, through His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He's done for us on the cross. A scripture that makes that clear is in Romans 8, and I like the way the message said this one. It says, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. So the mark of that transformation, one, is that we're not the same person, we're not continually the same. It's that we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's the word godliness. The more like God we become. We don't become God, but we become in our character, our conduct, our thinking, more what He would want us to be. And as we become like Jesus... We can remember this, and this is what's important, that we're not just following somebody. As we follow Jesus who taught some nice things, who gave a bunch of rules to, to follow or anything like that, or came up with a, another system or somebody who said nice things, but we follow someone who died on the cross, but raised from the dead and is still alive, and He's working transformation in our lives. And when you see everything that Jesus said, it's impossible to see and think that he believed, oh, he was just one way of many, that there are many ways to God, and he's just one. 
that he was the only one who could bring the transformation that God wants. So, in say what, if you go through the things Jesus said in the Gospels, there are all kinds of things that provoke different reaction. There are some we'll read and you have to think twice about because it's very challenging. There are some things that are shocking. There are some that people that don't believe in him would hear, hear something he say and they would say, that's ridiculous. And they would just reject it. They would not believe it. Some are just statements of fact that are, that are challenging and always call us to take another step. And so the verse we're looking at today for say what that would cause people to have different reactions is this in John 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, with that statement, Jesus made it impossible for people to make him into who they want him to be. He made it impossible to be who Hollywood and celebrities want him to be. It made it impossible for him to be the person that just approves of everything everybody does and is just a nice guy. Some people would reject that. The world might hear that and think, how ridiculous that there's just one way to God. That's too exclusive. That's intolerant. It's not diverse enough. There aren't enough options for what people might want to do. But that claim that Jesus makes means that you accept him for who he says he is or you don't. With that statement, he left a clear dividing line. You know, everybody wants to kind of shape Jesus into something, everybody likes Jesus, and they want to shape him into something that will fit their mold or where they're at. The Hindus say, well, Jesus is like an avatar, maybe, it's, you know, another apparition of God. The Buddhists think he, maybe he's another enlightened person like Buddha. The Jews and Muslims, they believe that, well, he was a prophet or he was a great teacher. And that's one thing they agree on, the Jews and Muslims, that Jesus, he's not the Messiah. He's not God in the flesh, but maybe he was a prophet or a good teacher. The modern world might say he was just a leader of a movement. I've seen them say that, that great teacher, a leader. But with that statement, Jesus doesn't leave any room for anything like that. In fact, with those, that statement and many others, C.S. Lewis, the author is an Oxford professor and author, he said Jesus had to be one of three things. He didn't leave room for us to shape him into who we want him to be. With those statements, he's either a liar, he's just making this up, or he's a lunatic, he's wrong, but he really believes it, or he is Lord. Those are the only options. Now, some might say, well, you know, this is the problem. Religion is just, it's the source for so much division. So many problems, so many issues stem from religion. And uh, John uh, Lennon wrote the song, Imagine, and imagine no religion, because then everything will be better. But we have had godless governments, governments that have excluded God and tried to make religion stamp it out. And in 100 years, they killed more people than all the... The wars are allegedly based on religion ever did. With godless governments, man is nothing, and the government and power is everything. 
And so Jesus didn't leave room to be put somewhere else that he didn't fit or, or to just be fit into everybody's box. And, and people then want to say, well, let's everybody just agree. We're all right. You know, we're all going to the same place. You know, really, it's all the same God. There are just different ways there. And I think that really sounds great on the surface, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds nice. Maybe it sounds sophisticated. Intellectually, you've got good views and perspectives on what everybody says. It's politically correct. It's not really going to cause any, any controversy. And it just seems to work. But, but here's the problem. It's not the same God. The concepts are, are different on every level. The things they teach really are different. And one thing is true, that two things that are not alike cannot be the same. But that is what is continually said. It's all the same, even though they're not alike. In John 14, after Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He goes on to say in verse 7, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So then Philip's confused and he says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? See, Jesus was making the claim and explaining that he is God in the flesh. In John 8, it's not the only time Jesus said it. Jesus, in verse 58 of John 8, says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And that word I am is very important because that is God's name. And Jesus is saying, before Abraham is born, I am. But I'm God. And there was no discussion after that. It then says, at this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. See, these claims by Jesus don't make any room for him just to be another religious leader, another teacher, somebody else, that he claims to be God in the flesh. Now, I promise I don't quote Oprah very often, but I'm going to read a quote from Oprah. She says, one of the biggest mistakes we make is to believe there is only one way. There are many diverse paths leading to God. Now, how Oprah came about this knowledge, I really don't know. But it, again, it's just that it's a nice answer. It sounds good, and I don't have to dig. I don't have to make a decision, and I can leave it alone and follow what I want. But here's the thing. She says, that's the mistake we make to think there's one way, but there are really a lot. And so if Oprah is right, then she knows more about Jesus than Jesus. She knows more about God than Jesus does. She knows more about the way than Jesus does. And in fact, if she's right, then Jesus is wrong. Because Jesus said, I am the way. But Oprah says there are many ways. So if she's right, Jesus is wrong. But here's the thing. If Jesus is wrong, then Oprah's wrong. Because there, he's not the way. And she, oh, it all works out. But if Jesus is right, Oprah's wrong. So either way, she's wrong. <laughs> at every turn. And it sounds nice. 
That's why it's so acceptable. We really don't have to make a decision, and everybody's good. But when Paul is talking, and it makes sense, it should sound good, it should sound nice, because it says how Satan operates in 2 Corinthians 11, when Paul is talking about false teachers, false apostles, he says, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Satan's lies, they always sound good, that his tactics always seem nice. Oh yeah, there are many ways. It's the same lie that he told in the garden. That you know God said this, but this is really better. This is why. And here's the thing, if you compare religions, they don't agree on the problem. They don't agree on the solution. They don't agree with the result of what will happen if you follow the solution. They don't agree on the way or how it happens. They don't agree on the end of life, but then we want to say they go to the same place. Imagine four people arguing which way is north, and they're not at the South Pole, okay? Four people claiming different directions are north, but one is right. If one is right, the other three are wrong. That's just the way. It's not because it's arrogant. It's not because it's exclusive. It's just because there is truth. Someone is wrong. Someone is right. It's exclusive because it's truth. And truth always requires exclusivity to falsehood. But we live in a day and age where diversity is the most important thing, even more important than the actual goals of what is trying to be accomplished. But why did Jesus say, I am the way in response to Thomas? What was going on? Well, Jesus was preparing the disciples for his death on the cross, his resurrection, and then his ascension, and then they were going to lead the church. And he says in verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And that's where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice Jesus doesn't say, my teachings. He doesn't say, do what I say and you'll find it. He doesn't say, just just follow my example. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life that we only find life literally through him. Not through what he taught, not for stuff he left us, but through him. See, here's the problem. We're in a hole that we can't get out of that we've created by our own sin, that by our own ability we can't get out of it. Jesus entered the hole so that we could get out. He came to earth. God became man. He paid the penalty for our sin, and he did the work for us so that he could be the way, that it's literally through what he did on the cross and his resurrection that we can be saved, where he paid the penalty for our sins, so that the work has been done. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But in a world that doesn't like to accept truth, that's hard to accept. And so, but we have to remember, even when Jesus walked the earth, the world at that time was very cosmopolitan. There were intellectuals. There were people who didn't believe what he said, people who had trouble with it. 
In the same way, we think we've invented new thoughts, but it's really the same old thoughts they had back in the day. Here's when Jesus in John 18 is on trial with Pilate. Pilate says, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. And if you go on, that's the end of the conversation. Pilate moves on. That's such an immature idea that there is truth, that there is right and wrong that are defined. And Pilate has that same idea that's so popular today. What is truth? When Jesus says everyone on the side of truth listens to him. See, Jesus made that exclusive claim, the most exclusive claim at all, that even was rejected then. How can you claim that? That your truth? What is truth even? He performed the most exclusive act, going to the cross, being buried and raised to life. He did miracles that no other religious leader has done. And here's the thing. This isn't an exclusive claim to keep people out, but to be the way in. Because on our own, there is no way in. And that's why Jesus was sent to what we could have a relationship with the Father. And the good news is that God is saying, I'll save you. I love you. I want you. That there is a way. Because without Jesus, there would be no way. And to believe everything is to deny what God did through Jesus Christ. When he sent Jesus to be the way. And I think that's why we're a society that, you know, we don't believe in truth. We don't believe in without truth. You really can't have purpose or reason for being here. So the idea that you only live once, you've just got to experience everything you possibly can before you die. You have to go nonstop, see everything there is to see, have everything there is to have, try to keep up with the experience of others, and that's where you'll find life. And we find it's empty because it's not there. Because Jesus isn't just the way and the truth, He's the life. That the only way we have life, even in this time, is through Him. It's not just about eternal life, it's about life now. And and we can have everything, and with no purpose and no meaning, it's going to be empty. And when you stop and the experiences are over, there will be something missing. And that's why the people who reject God ultimately say that there is no purpose But you can't live that out. You can't possibly live out the idea that there's no God and nothing really matters and we're just here by chance. That's impossible. You know, if we follow those who believe there is no purpose, it's a hopeless life. If all you do is experience things and then you die and that's it and there's no meaning, you can't remember it, what's it matter? It actually led to a philosophy called nihilism that basically says life is pointless. It's the most depressing thing you can follow, but it's ultimately where atheism would lead. So when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he's saying there's hope in a world that seems like it might be hopeless, that there's no purpose, that he is life, and we can find life through him. And it's not just about life eternal, it's about having life now that goes on through eternity. That's why in an early message, it was preached in Acts chapter 4. It said, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. 
It's not arrogant. It's not judgmental. It's not intolerant. It's just truth that there is no other name given. You know, just because 2 plus 2 equals 4, that's truth. It doesn't mean that math is biased against 5 and 3 and 2 and 8. You know, it's, it's just that's what it is because it's true. It doesn't mean there's something against those other numbers. And just when I'd reached the point where I thought, surely you could never argue 2, and 2 plus 2 equals 5, you can find it. There are people now arguing that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Now, in second grade, I might have agreed with that because I was terrible at math, but I would have been wrong. In fact, Jesus, in dying for all of us to have the opportunity to come to Him, is the most inclusive, most graceful, tolerant act there is. Look, look at these verses. It says in 1 Timothy 2, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He wants all men, all people to be saved. That's God's desire. That's why Jesus came. Revelation 22, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Right there, it's whoever is thirsty. Whoever wishes, let him come and drink from the water of life. That it's open to whoever would choose and accept it. John 3 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Notice who God loved, the world, so that anybody could come to be saved. Then it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. He didn't come to be another solution, another option, but so there is a way. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's His purpose. The world stood condemned already, Scripture says, but that transformation begins when you acknowledge that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that He died on the cross for our sins, that He was buried, and that He rose again, and that He is the way, the truth, and we only find life in Him. But that choice is yours to accept or not. And why is that? Because God is love, and He lets us make the choice, and He's left that choice to you. And so we have to accept Jesus for what He says, or we can make Him into what we want Him to be, or we can walk away. He gives us that choice. But Jesus alone is the way to come into a relationship with God and know the hope that He has provided. And He gives us something in that time of decision to remind us of what He's done. He gives us baptism that's a symbol of death where we repent of our old life, we're buried with Christ, and we raise to newness in life. That's what it says in Romans 6. We are therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. It's when we give our lives to Christ, we are made new so we can live a new life. But the good news is that hope that life doesn't end. The, the, the physical body might be destroyed, but we live on in a relationship with God forever. But that's the choice that He gives us. That the world and many will say, what? But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook 
at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. Thank you.